What is up, Whisper Nation? It's Friday, April 9th, and today we're talking about those second-year wide receivers. We're going to tell you where you should be taking them, where we're kind of ranking them in uh, amongst themselves, right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. What's up, Johnny? We're here, man. We're doing it. We're doing second-year wide receivers, as Johnny just said. But if you are hearing my voice or seeing my beautiful mug, yes, it is beautiful, and you are blessed. But do us a huge favor and hit that like button and share this on whatever platform you're on. It really helps with the algorithms and help us grow our channel. Algorithms are the compass by which we steer our ship. So please help us avoid sinking like the Titanic and share this video if you are new to the Fantasy Whispers, welcome. Please consider hitting us up with a follow or a subscribe. We release fantasy football content daily. You can find us and our past shows on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. Just search the Fantasy Whispers or go to thefantasywhispers.com. We have all the links and everything there. Johnny, we're doing it. We're talking second-year wide receivers, as we talked about at the top of the show here. Uh, we did second-year running backs on Wednesday. We thought it was only right to talk about some of these studs, second-year wide receivers. And some of the guys that brought, you know didn't really wow us in uh, year one but have some promise coming into this year. Similar to the way we started uh, Wednesday, we're going to start with a little bit of Would You Rather, Johnny. So I'm actually going to ask you this time, the Would You Rathers. Oh, wow, yeah. dude. Unreal. Just, I, you're going to pull yeah. this on me now, dude? I yeah. have no time. I was, yeah, I was giggling I know, making I know. these. And I because, thought you, you thought you were going to oh, pull it on this me. Is, this is the old switcheroo. So, uh, Johnny. Western Nation, do you see what I have to go through right now? I did this on purpose. I made these so difficult. And now, oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Well, before Let's you do, well, before you do, we've got people joining in. We want to say thank you to all those people, including Darius Rice, who yeah. says with permission strong. He's got your back, Johnny. He's going to help you out with these would you rather's. But let's start it off. We're going to go Justin Jefferson or the man that Justin Jefferson was replacing, Stefan Diggs, Johnny. This is unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to go Stefan Diggs here. Uh, I do like Justin Jefferson a lot, uh, but I do think, you know, we're a little, we could be a little premature. It could be, not saying we are. We'll talk about it in just a second. But uh, Stefan Diggs, I am, I'm no longer doubting him. I mean, I was a believer before. I doubted oh, him last yeah, Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Now you're oh, a believer. I Go check the yeah. tape. Go check uh, we, the tape. I wish I, we had it right now hey. queued up, but uh, unfortunately, you lost it, right? Yeah, oh no, no, last last no. I said last year I was off of his boat, but I after last year I no longer question it. I'm back on Stefan Diggs. So Stefan Diggs. Here's a guy I like a lot. That's T Higgins. Would you take T Higgins or Robert Woods, Johnny? I think the clear answer here is probably Bobby Trees. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about T. Higgins and his potential upside for next season, and it is really, really uh, tantalizing. And I do think that T. Higgins could be a guy that you know majorly takes a step into that top twelve uh, wide receiver class. But uh, you know me, Travi. You know how I like to play the game. I like to go with the more consistent guy that has that higher floor, but can also get me a pretty solid ceiling. And uh, Robert Woods, I mean, he's been a wide receiver uh, two or better. You know, top 15 wide receiver, uh, three straight years. So give me your Bobby Trees. Whisper Nation, remember, you can be answering these questions that I'm pitching at Johnny and talking to us the whole way through. Make sure you're commenting here. Darius Rice saying, digs with Allen over Jets. I think he was meaning Jefferson there with Cousins. I think that's mm -hmm. the right call. But Darius also saying here, 
my favorite second year wide receiver is CD. He would have been the number one rookie wide receiver if Dak didn't get hurt. So let's start there. CD Lamb or DJ Shark, Johnny. These are two of your 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 favorites. Yeah, these are these are both uh, boys of mine. Uh, but CD Lamb is a is he, he's, him and I go way back, Travi. We go way way back. So give me that CD Lamb. That dude's a beast. We've got Brandon Ayuk or Tyler Boyd next. This might not be a popular pick here. Uh, I know a lot of people do like Tyler Boyd. More specifically, this was geared towards Big Travi, this question, because I do know Big Travi loves Tyler Boyd. I do know the fantasy community loves Tyler Boyd. Uh, but give me Brandon Ayuk. I think that this next year could be a big breakout year for him uh, and, and an offense, depending on who they get at quarterback and that kind of situation. Uh, but I just feel like Brandon Ayuk's ceiling is a little bit more, and I'm willing to oh, take yeah. that gamble. Uh, I, think but that's perfect, I think that's the perfect breakdown there with Ayuk. Ayuk, you're buying ceiling. And then on the other side, you're buying floor with Tyler yep. Boyd. So I think that yep. was the right call. Chase Claypool or Michael Gallup, Johnny? When I originally wrote this down, I was like, give me Michael Gallup. Uh, but actually, after doing research uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of coming around on Chase Claypool. So I would do Chase Claypool over Michael Gallup. I do not blame you there. Jerry Judy or Will Fuller. This one, uh, Jerry Judy's a little bit of a head scratcher to me. We'll talk about him in a little bit later in the show, uh, but I think I'm going to go with Will Fuller. I'm going to double down on uh, Will Fuller's production last year. I'm going to say it wasn't a fluke uh, as far as you know him staying healthy. I, I think he will stay healthy again down in Florida, and uh, I think he'll be very, very beneficial to people who take him. Jalen Rieger or Corey Davis? This one's difficult because Corey Davis is my boy. Uh, I I do like Corey Davis and, you know, goes to the Jets. He's going to be the alpha dog there. And you know how much I like Zach Wilson. So that'll be, uh, you know, looking it, it looking like a lot of targets could go Corey Davis's way. Jalen Rieger. We also know I'm a fan of Jalen Rieger. Um, but in this kind of situation, I like to go with the number one dogs uh, over guys that could potentially be you know the wide receiver two for their team and so give me Corey davis but it's real close i do like the upside of rieger um but Corey davis so we had seven questions johnny of those seven you answered with three second year guys we'll see how this breaks down later maybe you change your mind want to thank right. everybody in here if you're new to the channel hit like hit subscribe give us a thumbs up let us know what's going on and i just want to flash up here jacob blay saying what's up number one fan jacob in the house we're going to start with these second year wide receivers uh these were the rookies that came in and we're going to start with justin jefferson johnny there were wide receivers with seven games of 100-plus yards in their rookie season. There's only been two since 1960. One was OBJ. The other was Justin Jefferson. So we've talked in the past about how Justin Jefferson was playing at an elite level, did get elite stats, graded with PFF as an elite wide receiver. He's scored a 76.4 uh, success rate versus man coverage in reception perception. Uh, and 2014 Beckham is the only rookie season that was scored higher in the reception perception. Johnny, Justin Jefferson really burst onto the scene here as a guy that is – Somebody that's you talked about tantalizing upside for Jefferson is through the roof at this point. 
Yeah, and what what makes it even more higher is the FOMO, right? The FOMO of the people who didn't get him last year. Um, if they didn't take the, the stab at him later in drafts and then they weren't able to scoop him up off of waivers, everyone saw this awesome uh, rookie, you know, break all these records. It will be interesting to see if he can repeat this uh, because, you I mean, we just saw how successful uh, his rookie season was and he even got off a little bit to a struggle, Travis. Um, but as far as Justin Jefferson goes, I think the price that you're getting him in drafts is actually pretty nice, right? Uh, I, I don't think you're overpaying, but I don't think you're underpaying for it. And and I think that uh, he is definitely here to stay. I think that uh, just you know, with Adam Thielen getting older and older uh, and already being you know 31, 32 years old, I think it's going to be a nice segue for Justin Jefferson. So you know, he could definitely take over that alpha number one position from Adam Thielen. And uh, and and definitely continue with that. So it'll be an interesting case to, and we'll we'll discuss this more as the offseason progresses of where we need to rank Adam Thielen and compare to Justin Jefferson. If we still feel both can eat in this offense, and what we feel is the right thing to do, because we're gonna have to pay a premium for Justin Jefferson, all based on mm-hmm. upside alone. Yep. Um, and and he did it, you know. But still, it, it's it's some things we got to look at. Johnny, I want to give you the mic here for C.D. Lamb, the next guy on our list, one of a you know. Another guy that came out of last year's draft, cast, draft class that was just uber talented and then started to flash some things down uh, the stretch, even in an offense that was missing Dak Prescott. But now we're talking about this offense. We were talking off air. Jerry Jones may be interested in Kyle Pitts. This offense yeah. continues to be one that just wants to throw the football a ton. you got to be excited about CeeDee Lamb coming into this year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. It's almost as if because we're like you and I were talking about like, hey, they need to go out and get some defense, you know, like that defense is is non-existent right now. Right. But and if you look at what Dak was doing, he was beating offenses and or beating defenses by himself with their offense. And so maybe their whole thing is like, well, we need a lot of defensive players and we can't necessarily uh, address all of those. But we can dress, get one player on offense, and we already know what our offense looked like before. And then you're going to get and, and put in a, 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 like he says, tantalizing uh, talent in in Kyle Pitts. Definitely would be exciting, and I would probably adjust CD Lamb in my rankings just a little bit if that did happen, because that, you got to figure he would be heavily involved in this offense, but. Let's before we get there, let's just take a look at what CD Lamb is and or what he did last year and whether or not he where you should be getting him, right? So he finished as the wide receiver 20 in standard league and and wide receiver 22 in PPR leagues. He only saw 11 red zone targets, 13.4%, uh, which is pretty low. He converted 6 of those for touchdowns. So that's that's pretty significant. Uh despite having an instability at the quarterback position because we know Dak of course got injured uh, and then there was like the carousel before they got, you know, they went to Dalton, then he got injured. Blah, blah. You know the story. Uh, he still ended up having 877 receiving yards from the slot, uh, which is the most by any rookie since 2006. We are excited about that. those targets. Why? Because slot, slot when he plays in the slot, he's an alpha wide receiver. And now you're putting him in the slot. That creates a lot of mismatches and, and they take advantage of that, right? You saw it early in with with Dak. 
39 targets last year in the first five games, 29 receptions for 433 yards with Dak on the field. He was the wide receiver 11 and then he went down and then he slipped, but he still ended up finishing, like we said, as the wide receiver 20 to 22, depending on what type of uh, league you're in. Travis, he's coming off the board around the wide receiver 20 to 27, which screams value to me. So to me, DJ or CD Lamb is the number one uh, target that I like as far as these second year wide receivers, just because the cost is so low right now. And I, yeah, I, Darius here asking which current second year wide receiver can outperform their current ADP, and I think CD Lamb is one of the you know one of the guys you're looking at as a big opportunity to do that, just because we've seen Amari Cooper be inconsistent in the past. Not saying he was last year. I thought he had one of his best years last year. To be yeah, honest, yeah, with he did Cooper. statistically. He but I think that there is a, a case where C.D. Lamb's talent just is so good that we're going to see it outshine. And this offense could continue to be one that feeds a lot of wide receivers. But I'd rather take the upside of C.D. Lamb in the fifth round than take Amari Cooper around earlier. And I could go for the upside of, of a guy who can finish within the top 12. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know if Amari Cooper is going to get there again this year. Um, so we'll see on that. I mean, ulti- and that's the thing is like CeeDee Lamb isn't even like in the high end. Yeah, he would probably go in the fifth round. But in a lot of our mocks, Travis, he's been going in the seventh uh, and, you know, yeah, mid I was just looking round. at a mock we did for PPR. He was in the fifth round there, early fifth round in a mock there. But I mean, we'll see how that fluctuates for sure. Jacob Blay coming in here says T Higgins will be the main guy in Cincinnati. And that is a perfect segue for T Higgins, who finished as the wide receiver 28 in both PPR and standard. He averaged 13 fantasy points per game as a rookie. AJ Green no longer with the team. That's 104 vacated targets, 18.6% of the target market share. So if we look at weeks two through 10 pre-Burrow injury, you saw T Higgins get 18.2%. Weeks 12 through 16, when he started to heat up, 24%. He became the main guy. They they stay, you know, they kind of brought AJ Green back down to earth. Plus, they realized they were moving on from AJ Green. There was no need to feed him the rock. T. Higgins was a guy who went and worked with Joe Burrow last offseason, made sure he was on page with him chemistry-wise. He's a big body guy. They'll use him a lot in the red zone. He's replacing that AJ Green role, I believe, for them. So the touchdown upside alone will be there. Plus, we're looking at 24, maybe 25% of the team's target market share. I love T. Higgins' output as maybe the guy next in line behind CeeDee Lamb to outperform his ADP because right now he's going similarly in that fourth, late fourth, early fifth in PPR leagues like we talked about. And he for sure has lessened his way to target market share than CeeDee Lamb does. Yeah, I mean, look at his air yards, 1,262 air yards, Travis. So did he, in his rookie year, get over 1,000 yards receiving? No, he didn't. But generally, rookie wide receivers don't do that. And But you look at the air yards, like the, he, they were going to him, and that was with the major piece It was with A.J. Green there, right? Now there are a lot of rumors, and, and maybe this will adjust after uh, the draft and, and seeing because a lot of people are projecting Jamar Chase to go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. We know Joe Burrow is heavily pushing uh, Chase to go there. A lot of analysts are, are saying, no, you got to protect Joe Burrow, especially because he just got an ACL injury. And so they're saying, go with the best offensive lineman. We'll see what they end up doing. This is a definite stacked wide receiver class uh, for these rookie rookies coming in, the wide receivers. And so uh, it'll be interesting. They could, you know, go later in the draft for another wide receiver. But I think they have, like, you know, Jacob Lay said, like, they, T. 
Higgins is an alpha dog. He was an alpha when he played for Clemson. They drafted him to be that. He has shown that he can be that. And now you're taking away A.J. Green, who was, you know, the alpha there, who, you know, didn't really want to be there, but they were kind of forcing him to be it. I think this is a year where T. Higgins takes a major, major jump. I really like uh, T. Higgins. And, and like you said, um, I, for one of those guys that you're going to bet on making one of the bigger jumps uh, from his ADP, T. Higgins is definitely one of those guys I'm going to bet on. One guy that we're having trouble betting on is Jerry Judy. It's just a situation where he came in super talented, very tar, you know, very touted. 113 targets though last year. That's really good. I mean, that was 21st among wide receivers. Uh, but he only caught 52 of those balls. That's 46% catch rate. That was 43rd in the NFL. So this is a guy who was touted as great hands, could catch anything, was super good. I remember some of the videos coming out of his training. Johnny was him just catching everything, and then we see him go and get 52 receptions, only 850 six yards and only three touchdowns some of that could be put on the dumpster fire at the quarterback position that denver put out there we'll see what they end up doing with the draft what they end up doing with drew lock should any trades or anything else happen who knows um i mean they could be in the market for teddy bridgewater now actually just thinking about it a little bit um but i, I don't know if That's, i like that yeah i, mean, I don't know I, thing. there there's there's things that are revolving there and so that is the hard part with jerry judy is i can't project uh, you know, what success he's going to have because of the quarterback position. And then he hasn't really proved that he can do it without the quarterback uh, just on his own. And a guy who has proved he could do it on his own is coming back into the lineup this year. And that's Cortland Sutton. So there's a lot of things kind of working against Jerry Judy. The pie's not big enough in this offense. Don't think it's going to be successful enough for you to really want to go into. The only thing going for Ju Jerry Judy is great ADP. He, you know, like right now, late seventh, early, early eighth in, in PPR worth a shot. Worth a shot to kind of take a, you know, if you need wide receiver depth, this is a guy, if he gets his catch rate up, is probably, you know, 1,200 yards receiving, uh, you know, and then that's something you want in PPR, especially if you're getting targeted 113 to 125 times uh, in the eighth round. So for me, Judy has some upside based on his ADP, but other than that, he's not a guy who's going to blow the ceiling off. I think you said it really well there, and, I, and it's a kind of a point where we don't talk about a whole lot on the show, and maybe we should bring it up a little bit more. Uh, but like, if you're in a keeper league, you know, specifically where it's like a round uh, keeper league, right, where uh, you the next year you keep them around above, or and so on and so forth. Uh, I think Jerry Judy becomes more interesting in that kind of situation, right? Because you, maybe you can kind of start playing. A little bit down the field because I think Jerry Judy next year, not this year coming up, not 2021. Uh, I, I don't know if he makes a monster jump uh, because of the quarterback situation and, and thing. And Cortland Sutton is coming back. He is the alpha there. And so that's the major difference between a lot of these guys is that these other guys that are second years are projecting to be, you know, an alpha or a dominant, you know, you could say CD lamb isn't the number one there, but his targets kind of dictate that like he, he still can put up monster numbers. Jerry Judy, he's getting some targets, but they're really, really, really inconsistent. You know, CD Lamb's getting his targets from Dak Prescott, whereas Jerry Judy is right now getting uh, his his targets from Drew Locke, and we saw how inconsistent Drew Locke is. So, 
Um, I think I'm more likely to gamble on Jerry Judy if I'm in like a keeper league or something like that. Then I will have him probably in a redraft league just because I feel like it's going to be a lot more matchup based like he was his rookie year. I love what you said there. I think Jerry Judy is the long game. I think this is a guy that's probably going to be have a great successful career in the NFL, but it's going to take him a little while. Are you trading for him then? Right now, uh, in dynasty, I would look at him. Yeah, I think if uh-huh. you could get him for cheap, you know, a lot cheaper than you got him last year. He was a yeah. first round pick in dynasty last year, so yeah. I think you could get him, you know, for a discount. Especially if you know, if you're buying Cortland Sutton coming back and taking away from him, you could kind of sell that. Mm-hmm. So Darius Rice up here, just the perfect man to segue us. Jacob and Darius segue yeah, yeah, so well. Says Brandon Ayuk could be a sleeper. Only sixty six percent of snap shares, ninety six targets, sixty receptions. Love that you're doing the research for us there, uh, Darius Rice. But let's talk a little bit about Brandon Ayuk from week seven through fifteen in games that he played. He missed some, obviously, because of COVID and, and the COVID list. He averaged 11.5 targets, 7.5 catches, 94 receiving yards, and he scored four touchdowns. He averaged 17 half-point PPR points per game in that span. The problem is, is the you know the question isn't Brandon Ayuk, is he good? Like, we know Brandon Ayuk's good. The problem is, is that just a year ago, we were talking about another rookie wide receiver in this offense that was really good and talented. And so now we're going to have a situation where we need to understand the biggest question mark is how do these guys coexist? And, and speaking of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So I wanted to break down some of the games that these guys played together in games, and there was five of them. In games where both Samuel and Ayuk played, Ayuk had three games with double-digit fantasy points. That's an half-point PPR scoring. He had 30 targets, 23 receptions, 284 yards, and two touchdowns. Samuel, in two games, he had double-digit points in half-point PPR, but he had 35 targets, 27 catches, 318 yards, and also two touchdowns. So more, more yardage, more catches, more targets. He definitely seems to be the guy that this offense wants as the X, but it doesn't mean, in my opinion, that both guys can't coexist in this offense, Johnny. I think both guys are going to be okay. It'll really be about where you you project them, and, and we'll get into this as the offseason rolls on. We'll start projecting our numbers for the offense based on plays ran, based on the quarterback that comes in, and, and the offensive line changes and whatnot and, and running back. But for me, I think Ayuk is a guy to keep an eye on, watch his ADP. He's going to be very sneaky. Um, as long as you don't have to pay the price of T Higgins or of a mm-hmm. CD lamb or a Terry McLaurin, if you could pay a little bit later, you're liking Ayuk because right. that means he could actually eventually take over as the one for that team. But I don't want to have to pay for him as the one for that team right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because frankly, we just, we, we don't know for sure, right? They right. haven't played in an expanded role, and we know how much they they love Debo Samuel because he's a yak monster. And I'm not saying that Brandon Ayuk isn't because he is. That's why they draft him. But right. these two, you know, like, um, and and I'm not saying they can't coexist together. Depending on like depending me on the of, of in the heyday, the Rams with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Yes. Now I yes. think these are different wide receivers. They both they definitely both could be more similar than those two receivers in, in LA were, but I think these two can coexist in that similar fashion where both are probably a lock to be wide receiver 15 to 20s, mm-hmm. but one of them has a chance to really be the guy. Like Cooper Cup hit into the top 5 that one year, you know. Mm-hmm. Is and there a shot for one of these guys to be a top 12, top 10 wide receiver? And I think he, and what you're talking about and what's so great is with those guys, though, 
all of them you had to take at a significant higher draft capital than what you're having to take these guys. And that's what's so great is they are kind of keeping each other down low in the eight, nine, 10 round area. And I think that they're both bargains, both uh, Debo and Ayuk. I know this is, we're a second wide receiver show right now. So we're mostly talking about Ayuk, but I, I just think that they're both keeping each other's values down. And I like that. We always say, and you look at, those clusters of wide receivers, you know, the Julio and Calvin Ridley, it was which one do you take a stab on on those two? It's the Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs argument a couple of years ago. Which one of those two do you take? And they were keeping each other around uh, the same draft capital because you were interested in that offense. You just didn't know which one to take. And I think that that's going to be how it's going to be here. And we know that if you pick the right one, it's a huge, huge payoff. And uh, and so that's what you're going to have to do. You know, decipher for yourself which argument you kind of like more and you want to take a gamble on. Uh, but I, I think Brandon Ayuk, talent-wise, very, very, very good wide receiver. Oh, yeah, super exciting to watch. One of the most exciting plays last year was him leapfrogging over that Eagles defender on that play. Yeah. Um, just want to thank everybody that's in here on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope. Please hit us with a like. Hit us with a follow if you can on whatever platform and comment your favorite second-year wide receiver that's coming in and some of the reasons why you like that guy coming into this year. We're going to continue on here. Johnny is going to take care of breaking down a little bit of LaVisca Chenault's year. Obviously, it wasn't one to brag home about. Uh, but LaVisca Chenault is a guy that's exciting at a prospect level. And then the Jaguars have some excitement building around their squad this year, Johnny. Yeah, LaVisca Chenault, very disappointing uh, first year, right? Uh, he only saw 79 targets. He only had 15.3% target share. Uh, he did only see 66.1% or excuse me, he he saw 66.1% of the snap share, um, which isn't a significant amount comparing, you know, some of these second year wide receivers who did see a, a lot more time. Uh, but the nice thing is that he saw 111 snaps from the slot once again we like those slot wide receivers especially if they're talented we do know that uh you know trevor lawrence should be the quarterback or he will be the quarterback for the jacksonville jaguars this next year that should be an upgrade uh, I was very, very intrigued by LaVisca Chenault when there were the rumors that uh, DJ Char could be, you know, be traded. And uh, that would have opened the door, I, I felt, for LaVisca to move outside. Um, but with them bringing in Marvin Jones, I do understand why LaVisca Chenault's uh, draft capital is a bit lower. Uh, do I think there'll be weeks where you'll be able to play him? I, I do, because he's very, very talented. I just think with the uh, weapons that they have right now with DJ Chark there, Marvin Jones and LaVisca, I, I just think that it's going to be a little bit rougher season than we were hoping for. It's almost um, like a redo of his rookie year, I would think, right? We're going to have yeah. to see how this plays out. I think I'm holding on, in Dynasty Leagues. So I'm not selling him oh, for yeah. less than I got him. I think I, no. you obviously already kind of got him at a discount based on him going to Jacksonville, based on him being kind of injury-prone in college. But I think LaVisca Chanel in a spread system that Urban Meyer runs, you know, two, three years down the line, is going to be really good, mm -hmm. especially depending on if this team is going to move on from DJ Shark. You know, they talked about it a little bit in this offseason. Maybe they yep. trade him away way um lavisca chenault is, is a guy that's very interesting and going right now johnny in our in our last ppr mock 10th round um, yeah. so we love that value i mean this is a guy that's going would we be surprised if by the end of the year in the new offense is he the if he's the alpha of this offense 
I wouldn't actually, because like you said, I, I think that there is a potential that they do weed chark out a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of reports that I'm reading that they're not planning on re-signing chark uh, because think, they do have confidence. Yeah, in to the that LaVisca. point, Johnny, like you're getting guys, Jamison Crowder, Marvin Jones, Michael Gallup in that same area. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of those guys have a shot to be their team's number one right. at the end of the year. And I think LaVisca's got the upside. So he's definitely a guy I'm targeting in those later rounds. You want to take all upside in those lottery ticket rounds those upside uh picks speaking of a guy with a lot of upside johnny let's talk a little bit about chase claypool this was a guy who burst on the scene was the highest waiver wire ad uh and one of the highest waiver wire ads that we had and scored 11 touchdowns johnny that was um, amazing uh nine receiving two rushing 15.3 percent uh touchdown rate that was fifth in the league um saw 109 targets in 2020 25 percent of the target rate in Pittsburgh, third in deep ball targets with 31 in the NFL. Um, you look at Ben Roethlisberger was third in deep ball attempts in 2020 with 78. He, but he ranked 31st in deep ball completion, Johnny, what 27%. So this is a, a maddening thing because if we could have got Ben with Claypool and we saw flashes of it in, in this year, but if we could have got Ben with Claypool three years ago, uh, this would be a B style production almost. You'd be thinking just because of the way he can get the ball down the field and the way Claypool can go up and get it. So Mapletron, as they call him, um, how are you really thinking um, you'll go forward with him this year? He's, he's actually been, you talked at the top that you've been kind of coming around on his ADP and where he's going. Yeah, I actually, you know, when I first started to, um, you know, do the, we started breaking these guys down and I started doing some research and I was off of the Chase Claypool bandwagon just for the fact that I was a little bit more intrigued by Deontay Johnson. um, And then with Juju coming back, we know with Big Ben's arm, uh, that situation. But I will say that all of that stuff has caused Chase Claypool's draft stock to plummet. And yes, you talked about the, you know, 15.3% touchdown rate, which should significantly come down. I agree. Uh, The average will probably be right around like eight to 9% for a a big wide receiver like Claypool. Here's the thing that I do like about Claypool, right? Like I'm more intrigued by Claypool. Like if I had to rank them, it would be Deontay Johnson, Claypool, then Juju, as far as my, my interest in these three guys. And, The reason I say that is because when you look at Chase Claypool and what he can bring to you, we talked about um, OBJ the other day, right? We we, we were talking about how OBJ had four uh, games in which he gives you that elite wide receiver upside. So the 15 points and above is like an elite wide receiver production for a week. Uh, Chase Claypool, he gave you that same amount. And yes, there were a lot of times where he disappointed and you weren't sure whether or not to play him. But again, you're being you're able to get him as a wide receiver four, a wide receiver five on your on your team on these dra- and these drafts. And his upside is 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 a winning elite or winning a week. We saw that upside because he scored 48 points a, a, in a week. I'm not saying he's going to do that again. The Tyler Lockett once a one, you know, once a week, once a year, whatever he pops off. But I'm just saying that for the value that you're drafting him at, I think the upside is as good as anybody in that round. I mean, you're talking about these guys that you're going around, LaVisca Chadult, the um, you know, Marvin Joneses, the the Michael Gallups. Like those guys don't have as high of a ceiling to me as Chase Claypool. So I I actually do like uh Chase Claypool 
um, for where he's going. I love that breakdown about just the upside alone. Like we could pass on guys often for their counterparts in their team because the counterpart has the upside that he doesn't have. So use the pick late earlier on for a more stable, uh, you know, less div- convoluted maybe backfield or wide receiving core as in juju let's say you pass on juju you take claypool later and what Mm -hmm. value were you able to get by passing on juju up above with a shot at getting a league or a weak winner in uh claypool as you just said i think that's uh, that's excellent want to shout out rob shorter who's in here says what's up whisper nation what's up rob from across the pond over in england uh we appreciate you being in in here all right our next wide receiver johnny we're going to talk about is Michael Pittman. So we're kind of getting into the real, no offense, but uh, the real crappy part of this, just because these guys didn't have great rookie years, doesn't mean they won't have good sophomore years. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about them, uh, but these are some guys, and and I know Darius, see, Darius wants to hear about, he says, thoughts on Gabe Davis. I was high on him when Brown left, but now Manny Sanders is in town. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, Gabe, Gabriel Davis will be interesting to watch. If He's a hold in Dynasty for me. Um, he's definitely a guy you want to see, kind of similar to like Slayton, where Slayton had a good rookie year, and then you wanted to see what Slayton could do the next year. Yeah, I think you want to see what happens with Gabe Davis, but he's not somebody – and I don't mind you going to trade for him if it's later round picks, you know, but like it's not a guy I'm really actively going out to go get right now. We'll see mm-hmm. how that plays out. Um, but Michael Pittman, that's who we're talking about next, Johnny. So he had 61 targets, caught 40 of them for 503 yards and only one touchdown. No game did he see last year get over nine targets, only eclipsed 100 yards the one time and only scored a touchdown the one time as well. Two games over 10 points in fantasy uh, scoring this year. So not very or last year, not very good. Only nine games or I'm sorry, in nine games uh, of, of his uh year last year he got three or fewer catches we will want to monitor his connection with Wentz but there's not a lot of promise here Johnny I'm not seeing a lot in this uh, connection here that you know screams I need to go be investing in Pittman and there's just other guys with more upside I'm feeling than Pittman right now unless I hear something else. unless you have something else here that's groundbreaking Pittman's not a guy I'm, I'm actively targeting especially we're going to see Paris Campbell likely come back into this offense uh, T.Y. Hilton was able to come back they've got the tight ends working how are you feeling about Pittman? Um, I mean, we've seen Carson Wentz really, if, if he latches onto a wide receiver, he definitely can make them fantasy relevant. I do like uh, Michael Pittman. I liked him coming out of college uh, and I liked his background. I, he's a big alpha wide receiver. You know, you, you talk about um, those kind of bulldog wide receivers, the Anquan Bolden type. That's Michael Pittman. And I think that if him and 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 Carson Wentz get on the same page, then you could be looking at a very, very, very interesting situation. I, the Paris Campbell thing is interesting. I've always liked Paris Campbell, but he can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, and then them bringing back T.Y. Hilton, like you said. Um, but I just project Michael Pittman more as the X wide receiver here. And so, you know, his draft capital is okay. But like you said, what is his true upside? Like, is his true upside a a wide receiver one? I I don't think so. Um, I think that maybe he could finish as, you know, maybe as a ceiling would be like wide receiver 18. I would feel like, you know, like something like that wide receiver 20. So like you said, if, if, 
there are other guys that I would probably more so prefer to take the the dice roll on in these rounds. But if you do draft Michael Pittman, I think there are some things that you can kind of hang your hat on. You know, it's not all doom and gloom, uh, but it's definitely like you have to wait and see for sure. And I think that's going to be a theme for a lot of these guys we're going to talk about uh, close out this show. Rob Shorter coming in asking, have you guys discussed DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson with Sam Darnold there now? Um, so this is a good opportunity to let you guys know if you're not supporting the show on Patreon, you can. You can get over to patreon.com forward slash the fantasy whispers. And we are putting out a fantasy take five every week. That's five topics that we go in depth on. One of the topics from this week uh, was Sam Darnold and the offense and what we think could happen there. And Johnny's been all over Twitter talking about Sam Darnold this week as well. Well, yeah. so make sure you guys are following us on all platforms. And please, if you guys want to continue to help us support our dream and and, and really get this thing going and, and go to the moon, so to speak, uh, then hit hit us up on Patreon, search the Fantasy Whispers, and, and help us out there. Uh, but appreciate you guys all in here. We're going to move on to Denzel Mims, Johnny. Uh, the story with Mims is really that he was hobbled with injury, missing six games with hamstring issues last year, was vastly inconsistent. He never got over 75 receiving yards in any game, no game over eight targets. Five of his nine games played saw him catch four or fewer balls, never reached even nine points in half-point PPR. So that's what's been bad on the surface with Denzel Mims. We know that the production wasn't there, but there's a lot of change going on with the Jets. Do I still think they're probably the Jets this year? Yes. Can I see a future with Denzel Mim and Dynasty down the line? Sure. Presumably, Zach Wilson is coming to town. You've got a fully healthy offseason. Let's hope for Denzel Mims. No more Adam Gase. That's probably Johnny's favorite part to talk about here with Denzel Mims. He is an interesting late-round fire. I find myself in mocks that we've done lately going for a guy like Jalen Rager, who we'll talk about next. Henry Ruggs, who we'll definitely talk about down the line uh i would even probably say Pittman's more interesting to me just based on the team and then of course chase claypool who was before that has a lot more upside in my mind than denzel mims so for me not my cup of tea but if you're looking for a guy who's got a shot to be the number one with a new young quarterback in the system um i i could get there as a late round flyer on denzel mims yeah, I mean, the talent is definitely there, right? Uh, he, he was one of uh, the top wide receivers coming out last year. Uh, there were a lot of rumors that, you know, last year he was supposed to be the, a sneaky pick. Um, I Like you said, I could be persuaded into taking him. I will probably be taking him in a couple of leagues uh, as late round dart throws because I do see the upside. But again, it's going to be probably a little bit inconsistent because he's got Zach Wilson as the as his quarterback, presumably. And then you you also talked to, you know, the Corey Davis. He is a big wide receiver um, and and there could be something there with Zach Wilson and him. So it's, it would be more of a wait and see. Um, but he's definitely going to be a guy that I will I will have a couple shares of and I will be watching in preseason and and listening to uh, what the the beat reporters are saying, because the talent is definitely there. Talent is definitely there for a man named Jalen Rieger, who is our next wide receiver. Johnny, talk to us a little bit about Jalen Rieger, because the Eagles, uh, Philadelphia gave the Eagles a lot of crap for drafting him and he didn't really pan out to be the guy, but a lot of vacated targets are coming off the field for Philly. They're changing over the quarterback. They're changing over the offensive system. Is there some shining, shimmering hope here uh, for Jalen Rieger? 
Yeah, I don't know if I want to remind our Eagles fans of this or anything, but uh, I could say it because my Cardinals did something very, 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 very similar and uh, that they took uh, Rieger over Justin Jefferson. And uh, that ended up being not the right move, um, I I will say. But uh, you look at what Jager, uh, Jalen Rieger is, and when they drafted him, they kind of had an idea that he could potentially be a uh, number one wide receiver. He is not an alpha wide receiver. We can definitely see that uh, after his first year. Now, he did play through a plethora of injuries. He seemed to, you know, try to, you know, work through some of this stuff. He had like his injured hand and, and things like that. Um, so he only did see 54 targets last year that averaged to 4.9 uh, targets per game. Not that great. He did only play in 11 of those games. Uh, and during that time, he only scored one touchdown. Uh, he also only saw 14.4% target market share. Once again, that's a far cry from what a alpha wide receiver uh, should draw. They should you should see them drawing anywhere from you know typically 24 to 28% is what they we'd like to see. Uh, here's where it gets interesting, Travis, uh, and why I do still want to have Jalen Rieger as a couple of my dart throws. Uh, for next year and I'll be taking him uh, I've taken him in mock drafts I'll continue to take him in mock drafts and that is because he saw 15 deep targets now we knew that was the thing coming in was like oh he's going to be the deep ball guy because he's fast Uh, he can get behind the defense he only saw 15 which seems pretty low for his rookie year so that's like eh, I don't know like why you're bringing that up well it's because that accounted for when you take it take that and and look at his targets, Travis, that accounted for 28% of his routes ran were deep targets. So you're saying that that is, that is tremendous, tremendous upside when you're getting deep targets. And then you look at what Jalen Hurts, uh, what he did his rookie year, 41.2% deep ball completion percentage, Travis, as a rookie. We talked about how we, we've seen this in other rookies where they, they, were, they had a terrible deep ball completion percentage in their first rookie year, and they significantly improved that by like 10%. Well, Jalen Rieger, or, or sorry, um, uh, Hurts is already a, a pretty accurate deep ball thrower. And so you get a full season, a full offseason with Jalen Rieger and Hertz on the same page. And you talk about where he's going in drafts. I think that there's tremendous upside because Rieger will be able to win you weeks similar to what Deshaun Jackson did a few, you know, back in his heyday. It's like these home run hitters that only need, you know, one long bomb. And all of a sudden they got 15, 16 fantasy points. Make your day. And that's going to be obviously more matchup base. But pay attention. Follow us. We'll be telling you when to play him. But he's definitely a guy that you're going to want to have some shares of this uh, this season. Plus, they've got the same name narrative. Jalen Hurts, yeah, Jalen right. Rager, exactly. like that's that's gonna be that you, they're destined to throw the ball to each other. Yep, uh, it's a, it's an ego. It's thing. science, dude. Science, yeah, exactly. Um, well, a little bit of weird science was happening with the Raiders because even though uh, it was John Gruden who was you know and John Gruden and Mike Mayock drafting basically last year, they still did very Raider things and drafted the fastest wide receiver in the NFL draft in in J and uh, Henry Ruggs. They were the first; he was the first wide receiver off the board, um, and he had a forgetful rookie season. It didn't matter where he was drafted or how fast he was. He played in 13 games, uh, 43 targets, only 26 catches, 450. 
152 yards and two touchdowns. He had no game over five targets, no game over three catches. He had only one single 100-yard game, and 59 of those yards came on one play. I mean, that is what he was going to be typecasted as, is the big play guy. That's what people were going to knock on him about. But I'm a little concerned because we saw that last year he was a one-trick pony, and they brought in John Brown this year. So I'm hoping that actually means that Henry Ruggs will be more, used more creatively around the field, and they'll use him as a number one guy as they bragged they were going to, you know, a guy that could be used in the slot or X or Y right, wide receiver, whatever they wanted to do. I think he's a fun flyer. He has a ton of upside just based on speed and, and, and down the field play and alone and targets up for grabs in this offense. If this offense can make a push towards being a better pass-friendly offense, then Ruggs will be one of the guys who benefits the most because of the draft pedigree that he has. And we've seen in the past where Gruden will use one wide receiver to funnel his offense through um, with some complimentary pieces. So for me, Ruggs has a ton of upside, but it's based purely on upside alone. It's any, And you're definitely glad he's going where he's going because you wouldn't want to have to pay much more than a late-round pick for a guy like him. Uh, Travis. I got I got some bad news. Yeah. I want to I want to throw. So uh, it's a great segue because Darius once again, our, this is, he's like our hype man right now and our segue man because he's doing a good job. He said, <laughs> "I'm a huge fan of Brian Edwards. Uh, I think that Las Vegas will scheme for him more. Rugs isn't the man." And I know that you're over here hoping <laughs> and wishing and dreaming. <laughs> and wishing because that's all the people are going to be doing who draft Henry Ruggs this year. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be the guy. I think that that was a clear indication when they brought in John Brown because John Brown runs the same routes as Henry Ruggs plays. Here's the other thing: um, the other, the guy that I and I'm and I'm with Darius 100. percent Brian Edwards is the guy that I'm absolutely in love with as far as a sleeper goes this year. Uh, I, you can get him practically for free. Uh, I love getting him in every single draft that I or mock draft that I can. He only played in nine games this rookie season, so he didn't do anything. Uh, he never saw more than three targets in a game. They added John Brown, though, which is why it's a huge importance and a piece of the puzzle that we need to talk about because Nelson Aguilar goes to New England. So what does that mean, right? Well, it means that Nelson Aguilar, when you look at what he was doing last year, he was running the same route tree as Brian Edwards. So that's why Brian Edwards didn't get on there. He got injured, right, at the beginning of the season. And then that's why uh, – and then Nelson Aguilar started running those routes and he did a good job. So then they didn't – you know, need to bring Brian Edwards back uh, and have that role. He played a, a slightly different role. And so now you're looking at Nelson Aguilar. What did he do? He's leaving 82 vacated targets. And now who do I expect to take that role? Brian Edwards, because that's what they draft him. He, uh, we have to remember that coming out, he had the earliest breakout age of any player, uh, any player on player profiler. Um, he did at 18 years old. And he was a top five prospect coming into the NFL on a loaded wide receiver class. I mean, we're just we're spending like a whole entire hour talking about just these second year wide receivers. And he's one of the last ones I bring up. But yet he was a top five prospect then. And so you look at the talent is there. He just didn't get the opportunities year one. And now they move those wide receivers to a position where it, it looks like he should get the uh, the targets. And like Travis said, we see John Gruden oftentimes run through one wide receiver 
And it's just now gambling on what that wide receiver is, who yeah, it the is. Good, the good news is you don't have to pay anything for either at this point in the, right. in the ADP. Like right. at this point, you could get Henry Ruggs in the 13th. And, and oftentimes, Brian Edwards isn't even drafted in our mocks. We'll yeah. see where that ends up going. Travesty. You need to we need to change that whisper nation. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Well, I think I think it'll be an interesting case study to understand who you probably would go with. I think Edwards is a fine specimen to maybe be like a possession wide receiver. I don't know if he's ever going to be what I don't know if he has the ceiling. Henry Ruggs. Oh, he's an alpha. I'll tell yeah. you, he's well, we'll an see, alpha. We'll see. Like I, you were saying that last year and it never equated to much. And, I, you know, I to be fair, I was why. Yeah, I just told I, you I mean, why. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, excuses are excuses, Johnny, but it didn't happen, man. So uh, we'll see if it happens. And uh, we'll, we'll, like I said, the good news for Whisper Nation is you don't have to pay much for either guy. And you could just put hang your hat on either Johnny's guy in Edwards or, or a guy I think I'm going to take a shot on it in, in, um, in uh, Henry Rook. Sorry about that. Can't even remember his name. That's how much I love Wow. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Cats pajamas coming in here. Uh, I usually target rookie wide receivers, but last year's rookie wide receiver class was so good, it's pushing up the early ADP of the rookies this season, so I'm out on the top rookie, rookie wide receivers now. You know, this is an interesting study. Mark. Obviously, we're going to see a lot of things change once these rookies get a team and once, they're, once we know where they're going, hopefully they will settle into where their ADP is. I think what you're seeing now is that ADP is high because people are excited about the, the prospect. And we're probably going to see some things shake out once these guys actually get landing spots. You know, if they're behind another guy, like let's say Jamar Chase goes to Cincinnati, and then we have to have the discussion of Higgins versus Chase and what that looks like for the ADP for both guys. So I think that's well, got I, to be playing here. I think people just get high. Like I, I, I truly don't think people really understand – uh, when they're taking these guys, like what that actually means, right? Like, uh, you know, we talked about like CD lamb coming off the board as a wide receiver, 27, like CD lamb is coming off as the wide receiver, 27, who we had just, you know, talked about how an awesome season that he already had, like he already did that. And then people are coming up with Jamar, you know, Jamar chase in this. And then we got Devonta Smith and like, people are like, Oh, but look at what these, you know, the best wide receivers in that class did. And so, like, we're going to take them even above them, which is insane. Like, you're taking a guy who doesn't have a team, doesn't have any production in the NFL, and you're taking them over guys that are second-year wide receivers. Like Cats Pajama said right now, like, I'm out on a lot of these top wide receiver rookies because they're, they're people are, like, literally jumping head over feet to, to draft them. And it's like, all right, you do you, boo. Because I'll take uh, these second-year wide receivers, and I'll be very happy with them. <clears throat> Travis Garden coming in here. I think he's talking about Brian Edwards. We were just doing discussing. He says not even listed on Sleeper. He is on Sleeper. He does yeah. spell it Brian with a Y, so make yeah. sure you're typing that in. That might be why you're not seeing it there. But he's definitely on Sleeper, but he's definitely not in the uh, – he, well, he hasn't been in a lot of our drafts. He's been kind of an undrafted yeah. guy here. Uh, Darius Rice. Trav isn't listening, Johnny. Look, that's the story yeah. of how I get through these podcasts. At some point, it's like, you know, Johnny's my work wife. So I have to have yeah. some selective hearing when I have a conversation with Johnny, because if I can block him out a little bit, I stay sane and I'm able yeah. to keep going with this show. Which is why, you know, 20 episodes later, you're going to hear Big Travi come on the show and be like, oh, Brian Edwards is my guy, <laughs> dude. I, I'm all uh, on him, a, dude. And then some it's of us have the talent. I mean. Some of us have the talent and the good looks of the operation, and others are the brains uh, and keep the show running. So, look, we're a good team. 
Uh, but yeah. uh, there, you know, I just don't, I don't listen or watch the credits. You know, that's yeah, we know this. Yeah. All right. Our last wide receiver before we get to those closing credits for the day is Van Jefferson. This is a guy that gets a lot of excitement out here in the Los Angeles area. He has NFL pedigree. His dad played in the league. He was on hard knocks last year as a big star there, but he had a really weak uh, rookie campaign. 31 targets, 19 receptions, 220 yards, and a touchdown. Wasn't startable in any game last year. Uh, look, he's only on this list, really, because Johnny put him on here. I, I didn't have a lot to talk about oh, for gosh. Jefferson. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. But to be fair, Jefferson will see Josh Reynolds walk out the door. And with Josh Reynolds' 81 targets from 2022, or from 2020, that's 15% of the target market share. We're talking about one of the best throwers of the football in the league coming to town, and Matt Stafford. Um, if you absorb all those targets, the 15% that Reynolds took with him uh, to Tennessee, then you're looking at Jefferson getting, if he gets them all, 20% of a target market share here in this. Now, I don't think he'll probably end up all the way there, but we could see something like 17 to 18% target market share. And then we're talking about these late round guys, especially in deep leagues where you're playing three wide receivers. Brian Edwards is an interesting look. Van Jefferson's an interesting look. Michael Pittman, who we talked about, very interesting. Some guys that are moving around here. And Jefferson in this offense could definitely fill a role, um, you know, as a guy that can play a lot of different positions for the Rams uh, as far as wide receivers concerned. Look, I get it. Uh, not, you know, when, you, when you're talking about Jeffersons, it's usually Justin Jefferson that you're talking about. But I am telling Whisper Nation right now, just like I was trying to tell, like a little bit, a little bit as Big Travi is a little bitter because I, I, you know, scooped in on Dynasty and I took Van Jefferson uh, before he could understand uh, who Van Jefferson was. And it's OK. But I'm oh, telling yeah. you right now, I don't even don't even don't even. Don't even listen to what I'm saying, Whisper Nation. Go do a little research for yourself and just look up what the actual Rams offensive coordinators are saying about this guy. They're comparing him to Keenan Allen. They're saying he's a combo of both Cooper Cup and uh, Bobby Trees. I'm not saying it. They're saying it. So believe in what they're saying. If you don't believe me, I'm just saying Van Jefferson is free at the end of drafts. And he's a guy that now that we have uh, uh, Matthew Stafford, an actual very competent uh, quarterback that could get the ball down the field. I'm just saying you could do worse with those uh, later round picks than uh, potentially taking a guy like Van Jefferson. Uh, he, I, I would almost say I would almost I, I don't want to do my Charles Barkley guarantee. But like I'm gonna I'm gonna like pretty close to saying that Van Jefferson maybe not this next year but in the next couple of years oh, Van Jefferson will be year. a guy maybe not the year after <laughs> no, maybe not I've, even in the no. NFL maybe years, in hey, the CFL give, give Van Jefferson two years give Van Jefferson two years oh, and he's yeah, I guarantee yeah. he's gonna be a name but he could be a name this year and which oh, is why yeah, you want to get him you're, on your like, team. you're pulling the Chris Collinsworth here's a guy that in a couple of years is gonna be the best wide receiver no four three nine four three nine forty yards dash travis so he's really fast uh 95th percentile okay 3.14 that's the number for pie okay and i want some pie right that's now and that's so. about as much as it has to do with fantasy football as anything else okay so i'm just saying he now has a quarterback that uh 
that would know how to get him the ball no, in the right place. And he's talented. This, there's definitely excitement in this offense, and Van Jefferson could be a huge benefactor for that. I think it's more likely, in my opinion, to go to a guy like Tyler Higby and maybe Cam Akers out of the backfield than it is to go to a Van Jefferson as a third option. But I think that, you know, should something happen to a Cup or a Robert Woods, this is a guy that slots right in as that next guy up. Uh, and has all the chops to get it done there. But Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think on any platform we on, we're on right now. We just went through all these uh, wide receivers, these second-year wide receivers. Johnny, I want you to quickly grade uh, or rank five of these wide receivers, and we'll have we'll have Whisper Nation put their top five of the second-year guys we talked about today as well in the comments. But, Johnny, give them your top five quickly on the second-year wide receivers. My top five are C.D. Lamb, number one, Justin Jefferson, number two, which might draw a little bit of hate, but that's what I've got. Um, I have T. Higgins, three. I have Brandon Ayuk, four. And then I have Chase Claypool, five. So those are my top five. And then I feel like any of the other wide receivers, Travis, uh, beyond that are kind of your gambling. There is upside, uh, but those are my top five that I would prefer to have going into season 2021. And we'll, of course, start putting out more of our rankings and, and more precise rankings that will include not just the second-year guys but every wide receiver as well. So make sure you're following us on all social media platforms to get us over there. Uh, final thought I just wanted to take today here uh, and say rest in power to DMX, who passed away. Uh, I just remember so many of his songs. We, me and Johnny were jamming to him pre-show here to just trying to remember him. And uh, DMX was a real one. We were appreciative of his music and, and the you know, the universe, the world lost a very special human being when uh, DMX passed. So with that, Whisper Nation, we appreciate you jumping in here. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whispers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whispers. 